The show that takes you home. The Home Stretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to the Home Stretch, ESPN at Kansas City. Live in studio on a frigid Thursday afternoon. Dylan's behind the glass. Dylan, I want to ask how you're doing, but I kind of know. You're better today, but you were sick yet again yesterday. It's a tough flu season, tough uh, winter season so far for me, but here I am. A grinder. You're a Gruden grinder, but maybe not a Gruden grinder. Knock you're if a, you're with me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel bad for you, man. You've been perpetually sick, and I feel bad, too, because my producer at Arrowhead Attic feels like he's always sick, too. And it, The one correlation we have is me. I'm the only thing, because he lives in Chicago, and you're here, so... It's not like you two are just boys hanging out, and all of a sudden you guys keep getting sick together, and it's, it's completely separate. Uh, is that causation, correlation? I don't know. I only have an associate's degree, so that's a little mm, beyond mm. my comprehension. Yeah, so that's on me then, because I got a bachelor's. Yes. Why do they call it a bachelor's, bachelor's degree? You know, because it makes it seem like you're a bachelor. You know? I'm engaged. I'm not a bachelor. I think my fiance would like if you call me a bachelor. Associate, you sound good. You sound smart. You sound like you're an associate of something. And then masters, of course, you sound like a genius. I don't know, man. Masters sounds kind of even better than doctorate, right? Like, you know, you know how people like call me doctor, like like say I was Doctor Holmes. If I'm a ma- call me Master Holmes. Wait, check that. I don't know. Sounds smart, though, doesn't it? It sounds like you're a smart guy. Yeah, it also sounds like something else that you don't want to be Yeah, I was thinking about, like, Master of My Domain or, like, uh, like the Masters Golf Tournament was the way I was going, but I realize now uh could be con- construed a different way. So we'll, we'll probably let that one go. Uh, in regards to you being here tomorrow, Dylan, what are the odds of that? Because I need to know if we need to do our 8-10 pick him today or if that's a tomorrow situation. Uh, no, I'll be here. You'll be here tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Okay. So just Thursday night football we got to do. Yes. Make sure you put yours in because I just did mine. Cowboys. Okay. I got them too. All right. Okay. That's easy enough. And usually we're on the same page on Thursday nights. I've, I rarely come into the office after we forget and think you know, we have, we're differing on at least the last couple. Very rarely. Yeah. All right. Chiefs sign a former, former Arizona Cardinal. Who do you think it is? Uh, it's a running back, unfortunately, not Zach Ertz. <laughs> I wish. Not Zach Ertz. We'll get to that in a moment. But I, I thought maybe I could get you there. Yeah, Keontae Ingram signs to the practice squad. So the Chiefs are adding former running back for the Cardinals, Keontae Ingram. Uh, Ingram was drafted in the 2022 NFL Draft in the sixth round. Struggled so far with the uh, Cardinals, averaging only 2.2 yards per carry. But let's be real now, the Cardinals' offensive line is not great. You know, when they didn't have Kyler Murray, um, not like 
teams are dropping back into coverage. They're stacking the box. This year he has 74 yards on 35 carries. Then he was a healthy scratch earlier this year. I don't have a big takeaway on Keontae Ingram, uh, former Texas Longhorn. He was a USC Trojan after transferring before the 2021 season. He led USC in rushing yards in 21 with a healthy 5.8 yards per carry, 911 overall. If you want some reason for optimism, uh, he scored a 8.69 RAS, which is the relative athletic score. Uh, and that's out of a possible 10. That ranked 215 out of 600 and, or 1,632 running backs from 1987 to 2022. Uh, so that's a, what, he's in the top 1-8th percentile, which you break that down, that's 16%, top 16-ish percentile of athletic running backs to make it to the NFL. Um, pretty good, right? Athletic guy. Uh, he is relatively fast. He is, what's this looking like? He's 5'11", 221. 221, Dylan. That's, that's a little thick guy. That's, that's a pretty thick running back. Um, benched 23. So a pretty strong guy. 40-yard um, dash here in a 4'5". So he'd be more of a power back, if you will. But he was very athletic as far as the quickness. His 10-yard split was 9.36 out of 10. So that's good right there, right? He's very, very quick, quick first step while maybe not being the quickest top end speed. But the Chiefs were wanting to add depth after this lingering injury to Jarek McKinnon. Uh, obviously, outside of Jarek McKinnon, you have Daenerik Prince, you have Michael P- uh, P. Ryan, both somewhat unknowns. While, yeah, you can make the case that Keontae Ingram is still an unknown. He's at least played in the NFL you at least have something to go off of. Again, this is more of a break in case of emergency because of uh, the McKinnon groin injury that's kept him out um, in some games the second half of this season. Overall, it's a fine move. Don't know if we'll see Keontae Ingram, but it does not hurt taking a chance on a guy who has played in the NFL, uh, obviously played at a high-level college both for Texas and USC, drafted and uh, has a relatively high athletic score. Any other thoughts there, Dylan, on Keontae Ingram? He's uh is he your LaMichael P. Ryan basically now or Yeah, he's he's your LaMichael P. Ryan. So he is your emergency back. He is surprisingly already on my fantasy dynasty football team. When he was on Arizona, I thought he, I was pretty high on Keontae Ingram coming into the season. And then what's it? D, uh, D Mercado. Yep. I, 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 D Mercado. D Mercado, uh, ended up getting the nod when James Conner got injured. So I was kind of high on Keontae. Didn't see much happening there. And the, uh, hype has somewhat fizzled. But again, maybe a change of scenery and plus a clearly better offensive line could be good for him. A physical big back, um, can't hurt. Can't hurt. By the way, I'm not going to lie. I've liked the five snaps per game that Clyde's been getting in recent weeks. He looks more explosive. I know the box score doesn't look great, but uh, his biggest and best run got called back. The added weight, the looking like Trent Richardson slash Eddie Lacy has somewhat helped Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Another uh, news for the Arizona Cardinals, they wave Zach Ertz tight end as to be cut per sources. 
So Ertz requested his release, and that was according to former Cardinals teammate J.J. Watt. Uh, Do you like J.J. Watt taking a little shot at Adam Schefter? Talking about how easy it was to break news? That was pretty great. So uh, J.J. Watt actually was the one to break this news. But yeah, Zach Ertz, three-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion with the Eagles, plans to sign with a contender and make a run at his second Super Bowl ring. 33 years old, going to have to pass through waivers before becoming an unrestricted free agent. First off, what do you think? Do you think he becomes an unrestricted free agent? Do you think he passes through waivers? Do you think a team snags him up? I mean, there's always a maybe potential desperate team. Like, hopefully, maybe us. I don't know what the contract looks like. Probably not good. I'm trying to look that up right now. I'm going to look up the contract because that, that's going to be a big reason for if or if not he gets picked up. Because if he gets picked up, that means that team picks up his contract. So, right. Uh, his contract, he is on a, th- yeah, no, no one's picking this up. Three-year, $31 million contract. He is in, um, he's getting paid 8.7 base this year, cap hit of 11, and then next year you have a cap hit of $12.5 million, so you're not picking that up. So I would be shocked if he does not pass through uh, does not get picked up on waivers, passes through, becomes an unrestricted free agent, which then means he has the opportunity to sign wherever he wants. Which then means he is an eagle. How long's Goddard out? Dallas Goddard. I mean, who cares at that point? You might as well just take him if he can get him back for cheap. Uh, Goddard is going to try and play against the 49ers so this week. So if he doesn't play this week, you'd assume one more week. Okay, so maybe not. As big of a shoe-in to the Eagles as I thought it would be, but that just feels like where he will end up. Makes a lot of sense. Again, contender, he's going to probably have his his druthers wherever he wants to go. I, I, I do think the Chiefs could be an opportunity, but the same reason why you, you can make the case that it doesn't make sense for him to go back to uh, Philly because you have Dallas Goddard there. Well, why would he come here with Travis Kelsey here? You know, it'd be fun to watch, right? It'd be great to see, but he has a relationship with the Eagles. Um I want him here in Kansas City because 12 and 13 personnel would be electric to watch. Noah Gray's been solid, but you're telling me Zach Ertz doesn't uh, move the needle just a little bit more? I sure think he does. Um, Even if you want to do 13 personnel, Blake Bell's been a negative, quite frankly. Um, You can rock with, if you want 13, Zach, Noah, and Travis. So you might not have a blocking tight end necessarily out there, but you got a lot of pass catchers, a lot of mismatches you can draw up. I I would be a fan of Zach Ertz uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Look up, uh, I'm going to look up the NFL waiver wire. NFL waiver order. Because I know it's by team name, but the waiver wire Okay, the Chiefs right now are 32nd, it looks like, in the waiver wire. I don't know. Sounds like it's not good odds for Kansas City, huh? Bears have won. It goes by record um, from the previous season, apparently. The waiver wires always confuse me. I don't know about you, Dylan. I don't know if you have a better understanding than me. I, I know part of it is by team name and parts by record. But apparently it's last season's record more than anything. Okay. So, yeah, the Chiefs are 32nd. So he's not getting claimed on waivers. 
which shouldn't be an issue. But uh, if he were to be claimed, he ain't coming to Kansas City. Uh, some other NFL news. Aaron Rodgers practices only 11 weeks after surgery. Dylan, does anyone want attention more than this guy? Seriously. Remember when the Chiefs were going to the Super Bowl and then like right before like the, the uh, Super Bowl, he was like, guys, I'm coming back, but not for Green Bay. I want to be traded to, 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 the, to the Jets. Like he has to constantly be in the media if there's another big event going on. And now 11 weeks, an injury that took Kevin Durant, was it 18 months to recover from? He's back throwing. Now, obviously, NBA and, and, and NFL's different, right? Quarterback, and you are the star player. The offense is built around you. A little different. But you're still dropping back to pass on that thing. You're not running as much as Kevin Durant or, or probably have the explosive plays consistently as, as an NBA player. But still, 11 weeks after surgery, he is practicing. What do you take away from Rodgers already being back at practice? Uh, Briscoe keeps saying, and I keep believing, that as soon as they're eliminated is when we will stop doing this. So I'm just kind of praying for the Jets to get eliminated, really because I like watching Aaron Rodgers play, Mm -hmm. and I am extremely nervous at how this has been handled. Yeah. I don't know. Why rush back? Is there anything to simulate you hitting your fifth step on your drop, basically, the last step, and you immediately have to climb the pocket? Like, think about that play where you see it all the time where a quarterback hits his last step in his drop and immediately has to step up in the pocket. Like, just movements like that that you can't practice but are much quicker and much more sudden than people realize. Yeah. Like just because a quarterback is a standstill position after the fact of dropping back sure. doesn't mean there's not all kinds of movement and potential like emergency movement. Correct. That's gonna have to happen. And the Jets offensive line might be the worst in football. They are, I mean, yeah, that that's the reason why we're here yeah. in the first place. And And that was with them being relatively healthy at that point too, Dylan. Look, they're they're even worse now. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, exactly. It's malpractice to put him out there behind that line, and it would just it would it would kind of show why the Jets perpetually suck. Yeah, it would be. I mean, it's a great example. It's like there's no real reason. Like, even if Rodgers comes back, are they Super Bowl contenders? No. Exactly. Where do you think they are right now in the playoff hunt in the AFC? They're if six. They had six they're, they're, no, no, no. Right now, where they're currently sit, they're oh, six. They're sixteenth. There's sixteen teams in the NFL or in the AFC, right? Yeah. Where where did the Jets rank out of sixteen teams, record wise right now? Ten, fifteenth. Okay, then the only really team they have, they're they're ahead of are the Patriots. They're behind the Titans, the Chargers, based on record. They're four and seven. Those are the other two four and seven teams. Why? You are not making the playoffs. Even if you go undefeated from here on out, you go ten and seven. You might, and that's a big might. Right. What's the point? They're going to be eliminated in one week. That's what I'm saying. It's just a poorly run organization, and this would just be another reason why, on top of the fail Mary, too, that happened over Thanksgiving break. is It's just one after the other, example after example of sometimes Chiefs fans feel like we hold people back. Sure. There's a reason. I mean, yeah. this is this is – you can go two ways. You can just let players do what they want and – know their bodies or whatever and then you have a situation like this where there's no way that people in that building aren't nervous 
about the outcome of if he does come back early, like I am. Like, there's nothing more in this world that I would want than to watch Aaron Rodgers cut it loose for a couple games at the end of this season. Yeah. But I don't want to not watch, watch Aaron Rodgers next season to see that. And that's what I'm afraid of happening, where, yeah, it feels great until it doesn't. Until it doesn't. It, it, it makes zero sense. I'm befuddled, confused. Um, unless he's using this as a ploy to try and hype up next year. Like, if this is trying to make Jets fans like, hey, look, I'm grinding, I'm back early, we're going to we're gonna hit this, and we're going to do this. And, again, he's not even cleared for contact. He's only cleared for functional football activities is what it's called. Again, that's still dropping back in the pocket. That's still throwing the ball, all that stuff. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I don't see it. And, by the way, can we talk about how the fact that Tim Boyle was not an improvement at all over Zach Wilson, how he was even worse than Zach Wilson, but no one wants to talk about it, how I keep trying to say perpetually it's not necessarily Wilson, even though he's not a good quarterback. There's so many issues in the Jets right now. And, and by the way, you think uh, MVS was a bad contract? How about Alan Lazard? Alan Lazard was a healthy scratch last week. The Jets are a dumpster fire. The fact they took Casey to the wire is absurd, man. Uh, a couple comments on Facebook Live I want to get to here. Uh, Ronnie says, you know your team is bad when your local guy is wearing a Pittsburgh Pirates hat. Hey, it's not a Pirates hat. It's a Puma hat. Okay, it's a golf hat. I um, It's a hat day. I like this Puma hat. Not Pirates. Puma. Uh, we hit on Zach Ertz. Dylan got that uh, Denny Duffy beard. Yeah, you, you kind of got a Denny Duffy vibe going on, Dylan. Kind of like it. I'll take it. Kind of like Way worse things suit, to be Joel. called. It's a bear suit. It's a bear suit, Jill. That's one of the all-time, all-time quotes. I will randomly say it's a bear suit, Joel. And people who, like, don't watch baseball, or the Royals in particular, will hear me say that, and they're so befuddled and confused, and I go, I don't care. It means something to me, Okay. It's a bear suit. Uh, so I could see him go to Buffalo returning to the Eagles. I, I can't see Buffalo. I know Dalton Knox is about to come back, and Dalton Kincaid uh, has been just unreal for, for the Bills this season. Dalton Kincaid was a great draft pick. The Bills have not hit on a lot of recent draft picks. Dalton Kincaid was one. Uh, Niners to be behind Kittle now. I don't, I don't see that either. Um, I, I don't know if he still wants to be the guy or not. If he wants to be a second fiddle guy, then yeah, I guess the Niners make sense. But it still seems to me like the Eagles. Uh, I want him here in KC, but uh, I, again, I still think that is about uh, far fetched. Uh, yeah, the best one I think we, we I hear right here is the Ravens. What do you think about the Ravens, man? With uh, no Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely obviously was a highly touted guy, um, but Isaiah Likely's not really taking that torch and ran with it, right? I mean. We all thought that he was going to be the next in line, and that hype kind of fizzled, hasn't it? The preseason is always a different animal, too, man. It's always funny when you when you see guys go off in the preseason, everyone gets all this hype, you know? Remember, remember ISM, Amir Smith-Marset, everyone's talking about how he's going to be a stud. He goes to Carolina. Have you seen Carolina's wide receiver room? Atrocious. He can barely even uh, get snaps there. Which, by the way, again, shows he was not going to move the needle here in Kansas City. But again... When you see dudes who have a game that's great or a game or two that's great or the, they light it up in the preseason, sometimes you got to take it with a grain of salt. There has been a warrant issued for Bill's Von Miller for alleged assault. An arrest warrant, again, issued in Dallas for Von Miller for an allegedly assaulting a pregnant woman. 
not not good. Miller left the scene before officers arrived. The woman was not transported to a hospital but was treated for minor in, uh, injuries, and the investigation to the case remains ongoing. Miller was not listed in the Dallas County Jail rec- records as of 11.30 a.m. Central this morning. The bills say... We were made aware of an incident involving Von Miller. We are in the process of gathering more information. We'll have no further comment at this point. Do you think the NFL just has, like the teams, have like a boilerplate statement to put, and they just put the name in there? Like, how many times have you seen that? We are aware of an incident involving blank. We are in the process of gathering more information, and we'll have no further comment at this point. Like, how many times do you think that has been said and the only thing difference is the name? Like, verbatim. I'd say a lot, probably because it's legal advice from the on-retainer legal team of the team to give a statement like that at the beginning without any facts. Yeah. So it's probably like standard practice for commenting on a active investigation for an organization, maybe. How bad has his contract been for Von Miller and the Bills? I guess Von's probably pretty happy. I mean, he signed that six-year, $120 million. We know it wasn't a six-year deal. It was, like, it was about a three-year deal, right? Let's be real now. Yeah, because like the last three are voidable. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They're, there's nothing there. But his first year, tears his ACL, right? He's played 19 total games so far with the team. Eight this year. And then you have this pop up again. It's it's a legend. We'll we'll see what, what what transpires out of this. But dude, he's not been good even when he's been on the field. The Bills' defense has been atrocious, and I said time and time again, the Bills went all in. Right? Bills went all in. They got veterans littered around that defense, especially Von Miller, Jordan Poyer, Tre'Davious White, Micah Hyde, and what's happening? One of the worst defenses in football. It's crazy to say. I mean, they've been bad. Micah Hyde's 32. Jordan Poyer. How, old, how do you think Jordan Poyer is? He's probably younger. 32. I was about to say he's 30s. Tredavious White. How old do you think Trey White is? He's 28, but he plays like he's 32 now. Man, has anyone fallen off harder than Tredavious White? He went from all pro to all bench. Matt Milano, Matt Milano is really good. That's about it. Man, that defense is uh, about to get bad quick. Next year, they don't draft right. They don't hit on some uh, free agent pickups. That's about to be a slow, bad defense. You think Josh Allen's already doing too much? You think he already's playing hero ball? Get ready for a worse defense and potentially not having Gabe Davis there. Yikes. Bills. You never think your window is as open as the... Fans think their their windows are open forever, right? Fans think that. Think about that. They might miss the playoffs this year. Ain't no guarantee they're getting back next year. Do they kind of remind you next year of a... Guess the team I'm going to say. Guess the team I'm going to say. You might not. Is it recent? They're gonna, they're yeah, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna remind me. I think next year of a team this year of a team that's been the same for about five years now. 
play in the AFC West? Chargers. Yeah. He- he- hear me out. Great quarterback. Great quarterback. Got some big names. Some big name dudes. You, you look at the big name guys, you're like, well, that, that must be a talented team. The talented guys are old. Talented guys maybe have a bigger name than actual impact at this point in their career. They're always going to be hyped up. And they're going to win some big games during the season against very good teams because of their quarterback play. They're going to be able to compete with almost any team. But they're going to underwhelm. I think the Bills right now, going forward, might have the same trajectory as the Chargers. Which for me is kind of hard because I love Josh Allen. Yeah, I've been on record. I still think he's the second most talented quarterback in the NFL, right behind Mahomes. Like I, I think Josh Allen, when he's on, is the only dude who can go toe-to-toe with Mahomes. Issue is he's not always on. The issue is he's trying to do too much. They need Brian Dable back. They need to try and take one year to just try and blow that thing up, rebuild, and start from scratch with Josh. If Stephon Diggs ain't happy, you can get a, a lot for that guy. Don't bring back Gabe Davis. You've got to tie it in in Dalton Kincaid. Dawson Knox, he's probably gone. Offensive line's not bad. But that defense, man, you're rolling out a whole bunch of 32-year-olds. That ain't going to end well. Uh, Ronnie says, how do y'all feel about the utility man that signed with the Royals? Yeah, Garrett Hampson. Garrett Hampson. Um... I don't know how to get upset about a speedy utility man getting signed on a one-year deal for $2 million. But also part of me is, how many light-hitting utility players do the Royals already have? Like, Dylan, how many dudes would you describe on the Kansas City Royals team that is a light-hitting, versatile utility man? Like 10 guys. The whole team is utility. The whole team is full of these guys. Again, in the grand scheme of things, it's not bad. He had a career best season last year. Batted 276, OPS of 729 in 98 games. Three homers, 23 RBIs. He started 26 games at shortstop, 13 in center, 8 in right, 6 at second, 4 at third, 2 in left. Again, don't get me wrong, I like versatility. Being a light-hitting, versatile player is better than being a light-hitted dude who only plays one spot. But also, how many guys do the Royals have of this ilk? His career OPS is 676. A career 241 hitter with 29 home runs in 517 games. Every single guy you look at on the Royals is the same dude. Like, he's just Nicky Lopez. He's Willie Bloomquist. He's a worse Michael Garcia. You're telling me Lofton couldn't do the same thing? You couldn't tell me Nick Lofton couldn't do the same thing, the same production? How many guys? I mean... Bleep it. Kyle Isabel is the same thing, and he's just an outfielder. I guess you don't, he doesn't have the infield capabilities because, obviously, um, he's outfield only. But, like, 
how many light hitting defense first speed guys can play multiple position dudes do the Royals have? All of them. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Oh. Sorry, Dylan. I don't mean to get upset about the Royals in November. About a one-year, $2 million site. Again, the grand scheme of things, it's not a bad deal, right? It's a one-year, $2 million signing for a depth piece. A guy who just came off a career year. I get it. But at some point, I am just so sick and tired of having so many dudes who are, quote, light-hitting, versatile pieces. Stop it. Stop it. We're going to stop this. We're going to take a quick break and come back. We'll be joined by, uh, I had an interview I did with Chief Hall Fame kicker Nick Lowry. That'll be up next right here at Homestretch, ESPN Kansas City. WHB. Sterling Holmes joined now by Chiefs Hall of Fame kicker Nick Lowry. Nick, how are you? I'm good. You know, we talked about last week that this is a, a must win. This is a statement game. And what I love about it is um, the script was not an easy one to watch at first because the Raiders uh, showed the new Raiders, right? They are tougher. They're more focused. Uh, they're a better team than they were with the previous head coach. Antonio Pierce has got them, you know, really, I think, um, committed. And so we're down 14-0. And from that point on, this team returned to the old Patrick Mahomes and, frankly, the old uh, um, Travis Kelsey and the old Andy Reid on offense, especially in the second half when we had to and we outscored them 31-3 to after being down 14 to nothing. Um, you know, it's not that we've solved all our problems, but I, in my show, I talked about how the hat was on Rasheed Rice because he's the closest to Juju Smith-Schuster. He's got that larger um, framework uh, and showed, of course, great speed as well. He's had some drops earlier in the year, but we did not have the major drop issue. So, you know, we address those things just like every good team, why I – I'm always amused by the Dallas Cowboys in reverse because they have one amazing game and everybody says they're going to win the Super Bowl. And the next week they play like a, this is a delicate scientific term, like a turd. (laughs) And uh, the Chiefs uh, tend to not do that. That's why they're champions. That's because they learn the lesson, they apply it, and they don't keep repeating it. So that's the challenge. Uh, Going to Green Bay this week. Uh, you've got a, uh, you know, the heir apparent to, and now the heir himself, Jordan Love, to uh, Aaron Rodgers, and you're playing in a hostile environment. It's not ever going to be easy to beat any team in the NFL. And once again, we have to continue to not take anybody for granted. But I'm liking what I'm seeing. I see Isaiah Pacheco still not the pounding running back in terms of size, but he's the pounding piston running back. He wears people out because they need at least two people, if not three, to bring him down. So running game is at least something that has to be respected. And on defense, we continue, thanks to, I think, the best defensive coordinator in the NFL, 
to to make those adjustments as we did. So, you know, I'm optimistic, but once again, we have been a very good team this year, but we haven't risen to that occasion. And what has been our um, music and our refrain throughout is what's great about this team and what's great about Andy Reid and his coaching staff is we always get better when it matters most. And guess what? It's December 3rd. We're in the big month, the final month of the season, as we move into and towards the playoffs, and that's when you've got to hit your best. That's why the Arizona Diamondbacks, who were terrible two years ago and they lost 110 games, but they peaked at the right time this year, even though they only won 84 games. And what do they do? They destroyed the Dodgers before that Milwaukee in a different sport, but the same premise, right? They peaked at the right time, and that's what this team has to do. And if last week is the is the evidence, we're beginning to do that. But, you know, the work is ahead. Yeah, the Chiefs, again, it's still going up right now. Looks like they are going to start peaking at the right time, as you're mentioning here. Chiefs Hall of Fame kicker Nick Lowry is our guest. I want to talk to you about playing in Lambeau as the Chiefs travel to face Green Bay. I talked to Tim Grunard on Monday, and he said there's something magical about playing in Green Bay, right? Such a small city, yet the fans are there. They're passionate, but they're, they're passionate in a good way. For you, Nick, what was it like playing in Lambeau? Well, here's my memory of Lambeau. Um, it's the uh, the perfect peak, speaking of peaks, of the era of Christian Accoyer and Barry Word. And um, I'll never forget that fourth quarter because we were just pounding them in the running game. And that's what I think is going to have to happen. The chances of cold weather and possible snow are, of course, higher there as well. It's grass fields, it's outdoors, and the pounding running game, when I watched those defensive backs and linebackers, particularly the defensive backs, for the Packers just not want to, to tackle Barry Word and Christian Accoria. They didn't want anything to do with it. And uh, Leonard Griffin, who was a very quiet defensive end for us, we, call, uh, we just loved him. Um, the Packers fans behind the bench were doing their usual thing, like fans do in many uh, visiting ballparks when you're on the road. They're, they're shouting their wonderful, sweet, nothing, Shakespearean <laughs> sonnets of love. I'm being very sarcastic. And uh, Leonard turns around and goes, look at the scoreboard. Then he used a word that I won't use on this broadcast. <laughs> but it was so gratifying. So when I think of Lambeau Field, I think of the fact that it, it really is, you think of the history of the Green Bay Packers and the pounding um, you know, essence of NFL football. It's blocking and tackling. It's Vince Lombardi. We will tell you what we're going to do, but our execution will be so good you can't stop us. That's what I, I think has to happen for us, even though I think out of the uh, 90, let me see, uh, I got a stat here for you. I think we had something like, you know, 95 versus 38, 95 passes and 37 rushes, right, in the last few games. Um, you know, while trailing in games, we 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 always are going to throw. But uh, by pounding it out, by executing, obviously part of execution is not dropping the ball. And, of course, um, you know, holding them as well. Uh, what was great about the offense this past game is what does it do for the defense? The defense does get a little bit of time to rest. But I look for a very, very physical game. I look for um, an added going from third to fourth gear in terms of the running game. Uh, and that's what you do in the elements in Lambeau Field. 
Chiefs Hall of Fame kicker Nick Lowry is our guest. I want to get your thought on this here because Harrison Butker's had an amazing season, has yet to miss a kick, extra point, or field goal, and he's attempting to put his name into very rarefied air. Only five times in NFL history has a player made every single one of their field goal attempts. Mike Vanderjack with the Colts in 2003, Gary Anderson with the Vikings in 98, Jason Myers in 2020, although Jason Myers missed four extra points, and then Brandon Aubrey this year, but he's also missed extra points this season. Harrison Butker could be the third only player to ever make all of his kicks. Again, 67% of the season is underway. It's done. It's in the it's in the, it's in the rearview mirror. How impressive has Butker been? Well, it's not just that he's made them. He's made a lot of big kicks, a lot of long kicks. By the way, who was the first kicker in NCAA history to make all of his field goals and extra points? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, I'm talking to him. You're talking to him. So uh, although I did not have as many attempts <laughs> as Harrison Butker, but uh, he just keeps getting better. Remember last year he started with an injured ankle, and, you know, I think that uh, sensitivity, uh, tenderness in his ankle, et cetera, uh, that affected him the rest of, of, of last year. He's just come on. Of course, I think when you kick the game-winning field goal in the Super Bowl, he may have hit the upright earlier in the game, but – the week before he hits the big 45-yarder to put us in the Super I mean, this is a clutch kicker and with a great leg. And, um, you know, all the kicks that matter um, will get even more important in these last six, seven weeks. So we're very lucky to have him. Um, I, I really – I think he's right at the very top. Him and Justin Tucker, there are a lot of very good kickers in the NFL, but – uh, the combination of length and power with accuracy is extraordinary, and he seems to have corrected his, his uh, uh, shall we say, inconsistency compared to his field goals with his extra points. He seems to have corrected that as well. So uh, we're incredibly lucky to have him. Chiefs Hall of Fame kicker Nick Lowry is our guest. As always, Nick is brought to you by El Bendito Yankee Tequila, the best tequila out there. If you've not tried El Bendito Yankee Tequila, what are you doing? Stop by your local Hy-Vee, wherever they sell incredible liquor products, and get you some El Bendito Yankee Tequila. As we look forward to the upcoming game against the Packers, I love doing this with you. Who are you tabbing for the El Bendito Yankee Tequila player of the game? Well, you know what? I'm going to say, speaking of accuracy, El Bandito Yankee Tequila hits the T-spot, meaning the tequila that hits you right in the warmth of your gullet. It doesn't burn you out like so many American tequilas in particular. Uh, they all have to be made in Jalisco, but then they have all these additives. We are pure with Blue Weber Agave. So it hits you in the T-spot. It is so good. It's so accurate to hitting the perfect blend, and whether it's the Reposado or the Blanco or now coming out, the Anejo. It's extraordinary. You can get it at Gomer's. You can get it at Village West Liquors, where we were. And you came out yeah. last Sunday. A lot of fun. Um, but it's, you know, it's a growing phenomenon, and I just can't speak more highly above it. It's fantastic. It, it's won the Platinum Awards from TAG for its Blanco, all the Gold Awards for the Proof Awards. These are double-blind awards. So we're lucky. I, I love to represent something that really is the Harrison Butker, if you will, of tequilas. Yeah. No, it really is. Again, when I when I went out there and, and met you at Village West Liquors, it was a great event. Uh, you got sold out very, very quickly. It was popping. It was it was a great Everybody was buying bottles to be autographed, which is a lot of fun for me. Yeah, that was a really, really cool thing to witness. Um, but again, who, who are you going to tab as your El Benito Yankee Tequila player of the game for the Kansas City Chiefs? I, um, 
I, I think I'm going to go with Rasheed Rice again. I think that um, that he had a breakthrough game. It's the first rookie receiver in a long time. I think Dwayne Bow, way back maybe ten years ago, to go over 100 yards, the first uh, receiver this season for us. And you know what you notice is the chemistry and the ESP of Patrick Mahomes with uh, Travis Kelsey. You've got to get some of that going with the receivers. We have not had it, and I'm gonna. Hope and pray we have it there because that possession receiver, essentially, functionally, with the capacity to explode, we still have not demonstrated a deep threat since we lost to Rekill. And if you don't have a deep threat, you sure as heck better have people you know you can go to who aren't going to drop the ball. So I'm going to put the hat right back on Rasheed Rice to continue that. Marty Schottenheim would say once a player has had his first big game, well, you've shown you can do that. This is my Marty voice. You've shown you can do that. Now we expect that from you every week. And that's really what it was for me as a kicker, whether it's Harrison Butker or at any position. Yeah, you had a great game. What are you going to do next week to be consistent, to be the one to be dependable to, to be the Steve Largent or the Edelman, you know, the guy that you know is going to find a way to get open, the Cooper Cup. And that's what we need because that takes the pressure and that, that then that safety valve when you're triple teaming Travis Kelsey, which I would do as well, you better have somebody open. So I'm going to put it on Rasheed Rice. Chief Hall of Fame kicker Nick Lowry. Before I let you go, i got to do it. Score prediction, what do you have for Sunday? I'm going to go with um, 27 to 22. I think that, um, once again, uh, we don't tend to blow people out this season. But um, and we and we tend to say, hey, challenge us, and then you'll see what we're made of. So, um, as long as we don't turn the ball over more than once, I think we've got to, you know, we're going to win this game. But it's it still has to be played, and it has to be taken seriously. We can't do what we did in Denver. We can never again have that sort of lackadaisical sense of not really being fully there to to fight the battle. And, uh, you know, football is an emotional game. To sacrifice your body the way these guys do, I mean, it is incredible the kind of collisions that you see. And you have to be committed, and I think they're ready for that. I think they also know this is the cold time of year is when we come to our best. So looking forward to it. And that means a victory. It means you got to bust out the celebratory El Bendito Yankee tequila. So, again, make sure you go pick some up. Try it out. You will not be disappointed. At high v baby. You're, you're picking up your groceries. Try it out for me. If you want, put a little bit in your hot chocolate, obviously margaritas. But if it's getting colder and you want the hot chocolate – uh, try it out. I've tried it out in hot chocolate. It works great. <laughs> Chiefs Hall of Fame kicker Nick Lowry. Nick, always a pleasure. Thank you, brother. We will take Good a quick Sunday. break. Come back right here, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome to the home stretch, ESPN Kansas City. I need some advice from you, Dylan. I need some advice. I am somehow still alive in my survivor pool. Still alive. No idea. I'm horrible at betting, but I'm still alive in my survivor pool. If I go the entire season, I get a new driver. That's what I have bet with someone. If I make it the whole way, 
And uh, I still have the Eagles. But I'm not using them this week, obviously, because they're playing the Niners. I ha- I still had the Bengals. Well, Joe Burrow's out for this season. I'm going with... I'm going with Tampa Bay this week, and I hate it. Tell me why Tampa Bay is going to win, please. Please tell me why Tampa Bay is going to be the Panthers at home. I don't like that the line started off at minus 5.5 for the Bucks, and now it's only down to minus 5. What do the Sharps know? What do the smart people know that I don't? Never bet on the Bucks. But also, it's like they're playing Carolina. <sighs> Tell me I'm not an idiot for taking Tampa Bay this week. I mean, it's so obvious that it feels like... Is that what you're worried about? Is that it just seems like such the obvious right answer yeah. that it's almost I could I could, I could use the Steelers against the Cardinals, but I, I actually think Kyler Murray and the Steelers... Or Kyler Murray and the Cardinals beat Pittsburgh. That sigh right there is a man who's watching his free driver go between his betwixt his grasp right here. I also realize now I shouldn't have saved Cincinnati. They weren't doing good to start the season off, so I was kind of waiting for him, you know. And then Joe Burrow's now out for the year, so that's a good team I no longer get to use because they're no longer a good team. But I guess when you get this far into the uh, survivor pool, you're going to have to pick a bad team at some point, right? I picked Washington week one, and they almost lost. That has been, I think, my closest game was that game. I'm nervous, Dylan. I'm nervous. I just wanted you to kind of calm my thoughts, and I'm not going to lie, quite frankly, do not calm my thoughts at all. You you have made me just as nervous. Thank you for that one. Thanks for, for not responding and making me feel just as nervous for your lack of faith uh, in me. Appreciate it. Real, real nice of you. Uh, all right. Chiefs and the Patriots got flexed out of Monday Night Football. In week 15. Flexed out for the Eagles and Seahawks. This is the NFL's first ever flex on ESPN's Monday Night Football announcing today that the week 15 matchup between the Chiefs and and Pats are out in favor of the Eagles and Seahawks. You surprised here, Dylan? No. I'm not surprised here. I'm surprised that this is the NFL's first ever flex out of Monday Night Football. That was slightly surprising, right? But I'm not surprised because the Patriots are the most unfun team to watch in the NFL. Like, are they better than the Panthers? Yeah, probably. But not by much. And the Panthers, at least you have like, okay, well, it's a rookie quarterback, Bryce Young. What do you have with, with the Patriots? You have nothing. Like, at least the Jets, you're like, at least they have a fun defense. Patriots are ass, dude. They're two scoops of ass. They're buns. They're cheeks. They're atrocious. 
Is Mac Jones the worst quarterback in the NFL? Like, here, Dylan, I'll tell you this right now. I'll tell you what I would say. You could have Mac Jones or Zach Wilson. Who are you taking? Man, that's tough. I'm taking Zach Wilson. I'm, I'm, for me, it's not even a question. You, at, sure. least, at least Zach Wilson has upside. Sure. Are you taking, I guess, contracts you got to take out of it? Are you, you, would you take Sam Darnold or would you take uh, Mac Jones? You're taking Sam Darnold. Would you take Trey Lance or Mac Jones? Mac Jones. Trey Lance. Because at least you don't have expectations to start the dude. Mac Jones. Yeah, I'd take Trey Lance in the second round of the draft. For sure. Over Mac Jones in the first round. Mac Jones, dude, has been just so bad. I don't want to hear... How uh, he's got no weapons or nothing to work with. You have Bill Belichick. You got a good offensive line. You got a decent defense. He's bad, man. Bailey Zappi ain't the answer either. But Mac Jones, for sure, is not the answer. Imagine having such a bad, unfun team. Just so boring. That the NFL says, you know what? Even you guys can't make a game palatable when Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, and oh yeah, the biggest thing in the NFL right now, Taylor Swift. Even they can't save you. When that's the case, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Patriots are 2-9. and nine. That would be in New England Gillette, but man... Sad. You okay with it? Dylan, you okay with the Chiefs not playing on Monday Night Football? You're not going to be sad, not going to cry? Yeah, I'll be all right. Fine. I will sleep soundly. So, I will definitely be okay. Uh, And then before we get out of here, Browns, Joe Flacco, quarterback two, potentially going to start against the Rams. Uh, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, uh, is injured right now. He still remains in the concussion protocol. He missed yesterday's practice, which means Joe Flacco, 38-year-old, 38-year-old, might have a chance to suit up. If you'd have told me Joe Flacco had any opportunity of playing a game, starting a game in 2023, I'd have said you're, you're no, no, no chance. Yet here we sit. Former Super Bowl MVP. Dylan, you think he's still elite? Round 15. That'll go down as the ultimate all-time conversation. When that happened for, what, a year and a half? Is Joe Flacco elite and everyone screamed no? Well, those Ravens fans screamed yes. This is the home stretch here, ESPN Kansas. We'll be back live in studio tomorrow. Until then, we are out.